0: Hey, this is Dave. Before we jump into the podcast, I want to let you know about an event I'm going to be a part of coming up on March 31st. Adam Weisbart's Bite Size Agile Virtual Summit is taking place. Adam's put together a number of different speakers, and for three hours, we are going to do everything we can to inspire you, invigorate you, break you out of the Zoom doldrums. So it's going to be Trisha Broderick, myself, Richard Lawrence, Nicole Spence-Goon, Dr. Dave Cornelius, Heather Dunning, and it's being keynoted by Lisa Adkins. So you definitely should check this out. Again, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, March 31st. I'm going to be talking all about the product goal. So if you've read the new Scrum Guide and you're struggling with that, definitely come and check this out. They even gave me my own special URL. So agilevirtualsummit.com Dave. And you can sign up for free. It doesn't cost you anything. If you do want to spend some money for $27, you get permanent access to all the sessions. But you can come just attend it for free. Agilevirtualsummit.com Dave. I hope to see you there. Thanks. But
1: the new ways, what you need. My jobs to make that switch from old to new. Less for you than it did for me. Here PM Radio. Here
0: PM Radio. Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to the Reluctant Agilist. Ryan Ripley's here. Ryan, thank you for taking time out of your Friday.
1: Hey, Dave, thanks for having me. Always happy to stop in and chat with you.
0: And we are both scrum trainers from opposite corners.
1: Uh oh. I hope that's okay.
0: That's totally cool. Um, And I actually uh, reached out to Ryan about a couple of things, but one of them was something that I've been struggling with in class, and we're going to talk about it and sort of explore it. Um, And it's something to do with the new scrum guide. And um, I'm hoping he can help me get more clarity on it. And before we get into all that, you should know that Ryan's got a book, which I have here. I was going to hold it up, but then I remember we were doing audio. So um, <laughs> Ryan Ryan, and, and Todd Miller wrote a book called Fixing Your Scrum, which is an awesome thing to have. If you're working on teams and you're running into problems, they identified a bunch of common problems and offered solutions. So um, we've, done, we've done an interview about that in the past, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well as a link to where to get the book. But what else is going on with you?
1: You know what? We're just uh, we're staying busy with classes. We're staying busy with uh, a lot of the social media stuff, um, a lot of online meetups these days in lieu of uh, conferences. Uh, if you go to youtube.com forward slash agile for humans, we've been doing a lot of content there. Uh, we've actually, Todd and I have started doing a daily, uh, a, a show called Your Daily Scrum. So it's a daily wow. video where we answer uh, listener and viewer questions. And that, that goes out every single day. And it. Uh, yeah, if you have some Scrum questions, hop over there, leave them in the comments, and we will be sure to get to them at some point.
0: That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, awesome. And the podcast as well, right? Agile yep. For Agile humans. for
1: Humans has been rebooted. We finally got a group together the other day. And uh, after, you know, during the pandemic, I, I'm not sure what happened. My brain went fuzzy, and I just uh, I thought, Lost you your know, sense there's... Of
0: smell? <laughs> What's that? Lost your sense of smell?
1: I hope not yet. <laughs> uh, hopefully that doesn't happen, but... Uh, you know, we just, a lot of us just thought, you know, there's some more important things to focus on and uh, we kind of made sure our families were good and we yeah. were rebuilding some businesses. But now that um, I think we're kind of settling into this new normal, we're all still trying to be careful and safe, but we decided let's get this going again. Enough people have missed it. So yeah, Agile for Humans is back. Cool. It's, it's in all the, the popular pod catchers and all those different apps. And so check it out. And uh, yeah, we're going to be more consistent going forward.
0: All right, cool. Um, Well, thank you. So here's our topic. New version of the Scrum Guide came out in November, and I am increasingly convinced that I have some sort of disorder where I am obsessed with the changes in the Scrum Guide in a way that is probably unhealthy. But one of the things I've been having a hard time with in class is this idea of the product goal. So the old version of the Scrum Guide talked about the product owner being responsible for the vision. That's not in the new Scrum Guide, they talk about a product goal. And I want to read the text from the Scrum Guide just so everybody's clear. It says, commitment, product goal. The product goal describes a future state of the product which can serve as a target for the Scrum team to plan against. The product goal is in the product backlog. The rest of the product backlog emerges to define what will fulfill the product goal. The product goal is a long-term objective for the Scrum team. They must fulfill or abandon one objective before taking on the next. Oh, I skipped the sentence. The product, the product is a vehicle to deliver value. There's a clear boundary, known stakeholders, well-defined. Users or customers could be a service, a physical product, or something more abstract. Cool. All yeah, right. pretty clear, right? Sure. It's <laughs> the the part where my brain collapses is where the product goal is the commitment that is supposed to express the product backlog or the product vision, but it's in the product backlog. And I, it yeah. becomes this thing where it's like, it's part of itself. Maybe like it, an increment of work is part of the increment of work. Maybe I just need to get over myself with all this stuff.
1: You know, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I think part of it is with, when I see a product backlog item, that's as big as what I would expect a product vision to be. My first inclination is to slice it and dice it and get it small and actionable within one sprint. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause we've been doing that for the better part of 20 years now. Yeah. Right. We're trying to get product backlog. And that's kind of the definition of ready or what the what ready means as far as Scrum is concerned is that this item could be actionable within a sprint. And so I think the hard part and something that Todd and I really had to wrap our brains around was we're not going to decompose this product goal into smaller PBIs. We're going to decompose this product goal into sprint goals to over time. Oh. Right? Damn. So we're, we're going to use sprint goals to achieve the product goal, which will in turn help achieve our product vision. Okay. And I, and I think when you look at it like that, I think it becomes a little more digestible.
0: It does, except you totally threw me off the rails with the whole release planning part of it now because I <laughs> won't even have that. Or, or maybe the release plan is comprised of multiple goals
1: Exactly. So you can have okay. You can have multiple product goals. Put another in, layer in the onion there. Exactly. And so, but I think it's a good layer. Yeah. You know, normally, I'm a big fan of uh, addition by subtraction. And so I like I like things to get better through simplification, not by adding things. But I think in this case, it's a good layer to add. Yeah. Um. Because there's a I'm a big fan of the Scrum values, and on you know, you, you mentioned that we're on these uh, these opposing you know sides of the the training fence. I think both sides are pretty big on how the values influence behavior and the use of the framework. Yeah, and I know a lot of good trainers on both sides amplify. And we all that. want to help
0: people do better stuff at work.
1: Exactly, and I yeah. think that the product vision, what it does, is really bring focus to the forefront, right? And I yeah. I, I think it's 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 really tricky for some scrum teams, depending on the problem they're trying to solve, to stay focused on a product vision and to see very small sprint goals over time adding up to that product vision. And so you kind of get this drift. Um, You see it in scrum teams, something similar. You see this in scrum teams that don't use sprint goals at all prior to the the new scrum guide, right? They just turn into backlog lumberjacks, just do stuff. I think that's starting to happen as scrum has moved out of software and now we're, we're applying it to pharmaceuticals and biotech and mm-hmm. HR. And these are kind of these, these problems without defined endpoints. And so now they're, they're on this sprint, uh, sprint goal treadmill. So I think this idea of product goals enhances focus. I think it's going to help with other behaviors. Uh, and I, But I think yeah. if you go back to that idea of the decomposition of a product goal is really multiple sprint goals uh, over multiple sprints, right? I think that yeah. kind of helps. And you had the, the mixture of focus in, you had some commitment in there, some of the scrum values. And suddenly I think we have a pretty good picture or at least a good story about how this could be helpful.
0: So you just said some stuff that made my head explode in a couple of different directions. <laughs> okay. Um, one of them was, or one of the things that you just brought up, you talk about vision and goals, and you talk about that treadmill of, of organizations that are just delivering stuff. Right. It made me start to wonder if maybe that treadmill is the equivalent of a program as opposed to a project in traditional project management language. Absolutely. Um, Which that I had never, ever thought of. Like I stopped looking for parallels between these two worlds a a long time ago because it just made my head hurt. (laughs) But maybe that makes sense. Um, And I really like the idea of the product goal being decomposed down into sprint goals The thing I wanted to ask you about vision was when I used to do assessments, um, like when I was doing coaching full-time, I always started my assessments the same way. I would just walk up to random team members and I would say, what's your vision statement? And if they couldn't answer that question instantly, I knew we were screwed from the get-go. Like that to me was like the test of it's going to be okay or no, burn it down. We got to start it over. Um, Because if somebody on a team is solving problems, business problems, and they don't understand the context of the whole thing, how are they going to make good choices? That was the way that I always looked at it. Right. Do you think that the team members have to be completely aware of the product goal to be working within the sprint? Because it seems like that would be equally as important, if not more important.
1: Yeah. I I think as a scrum team, we have to have full transparency. And and let me define a term here because we throw these words around and the word transparency does not mean visible. All right. I know it's taught that way. I know that it's talked about and blogged about. And look, transparency honestly means whole team understanding, right? When we say we want to make something transparent, it means we all understand it. That's, That's your team, that's your stakeholders. I think we should be talking about product goals at every sprint review. I think we should be talking about product goals in the context of um, product backlog refinement. You know, I think the, this is something that we should build whole team understanding of as we investigate the product backlog items themselves and where these product backlog items fit, you know, in the context of that goal. Um, so yeah, I, I think these should be, the product goals are there to um, help us with focus, help us be open about the work to, to help us to co- commit to the larger product vision. You know, Dave, one of my big issues prior to the product goal being introduced, yeah. how would a team inspect and adapt their progress towards a product vision? How would empiricism apply without something like a product goal helping to guide the way? Yeah. There's no way to track that. Exactly. And so this, there's this drift again. It's almost like a ship at sea. And well, sometimes actually, hold we're... on. Let
0: me, let, me, let me back up. I want okay. to see if I can change that. Because the way that I've always explained the five layers of the onion, and the, the onion that I'm talking about is vision, product vision, uh, product roadmap, release planning, sprint planning, daily planning. I've always said that vision and roadmap are strategic, sprint and daily are tactical, release planning is the bridge. It takes you from one side to the other. So... Th- My thinking is theoretically, you could measure delivery of stuff against release as an indicator of progress towards the vision, but it really isn't a very good expression of whether or not you're meeting the vision.
1: Right. Yeah. Just because you released something, right?
0: Yeah. And what I like about the product goal,
1: it brings this idea of value into the equation, right? It's describing a future state of the product. It's a target. We're planning against it just as a scrum guide says but there's got to be a value component tied to it or else we would never try to achieve it right yeah and so i think it brings in some dimensions i think the way you you talk about the five layers i i think that's smart and it works great i like that the product goal though yeah does have this kind of value component and really helps us sharpen our our use of empiricism as we look at our product vision
0: yeah cuz is is are these things that we're delivering meeting the goal and are those goals serving the vision Exactly. Okay. So, where does the goal come from? I mean, like, is that something, in your opinion, the PO would write up, would work up with the stakeholders, or come up with their on their own, or come up with the team, or some mix of all of that?
1: I think my answer to that kind of question is yes. Um, it, it depends. You know, it, well, and not even it depends. I think Ask Scrum Scrum is a collaborative game, and okay. I, I what I really like. You know, I love this new Scrum Guide. I think it's, you do. I think it's awesome. Wow. I love the fact that they made it smaller, that it's more precise and concise. There's beautiful language in it that I just, I, I'm really enamored with. Okay. And, and I just think the move in the scrum guide also, the way that I've read into it and the way that I've kind of internalized it is they move towards collaboration. Mm-hmm. And so we still have accountabilities in our roles, but look, the scrum team now owns that commitment to deliver. Yeah. Right. It's no longer just a develop. They got rid of the development team. It's, it's a scrum master, a product owner and developers all working right. together collaboratively to ship. But there's still the accountabilities that show like quality is still with the developers and scrum is still a scrum master concern and value is still a PO concern, but the collaborative nature has, be, has been brought into focus a little better. So I'm actually a fan of it. Um, I like this idea of a product. You would expect a product owner to lead kind of the, the hunt for good product goals, right? But if they don't include a stakeholder and if they don't include the developers, it's going to be an incomplete goal without a lot of buy-in, right?
0: Right. Yeah, I, I guess I'm thinking, to me, having the stakeholder involvement with that would be absolutely critical because I would want to know that they agree that the delivery of this thing is an indicator of us moving closer to the vision. Right. Um. And I'm, yeah, I think that's- I'm thinking about it with the team. So, th- so then, if I'm, I'm thinking as I'm talking, so hopefully sure. this will go okay. Uh, <laughs> if if I'm the product owner and I and I have a product goal, and I can break down into that down into sprint goals, then part of the conversation about what we're going to do in the sprint and how we're going to achieve that goal is become going to become probably more of a negotiation with the team members as we go through backlog refinement, like, you know, this is what I think is going to meet this. What do you all think? Is there something else we should include? And they might suggest this or that um, or different prioritization well, within the backlog to get there.
1: I, to an extent, yeah. I, I also think, though, that a product owner is going to be thinking from an outcome or impact perspective and not necessarily from an implementation. And so I still think we still have our accountabilities and I think we still have our lanes that we stay in. I hope that the product goal which is working in, towards a product vision reminds the product owner that look you're after you're investing in outcomes and impacts right. of your not work things. yeah right and so let we we put together smart teams of developers and again it's not just software people it's subject matter experts and business analysts and security experts and whoever we need to deliver the increment right whoever we need to get the product done. That's who's we're unleashing super smart people. We're giving them goals, boundaries, and constraints, and we're saying go forth and do amazing things. Like we, we're not. I don't want to lose sight of that. Yeah. As people start working down these paths, right? I think there's I, another danger here, Dave, that we might have introduced that I want to be super clear about as well. Okay. You know, when we talk about product goals and 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 sprint goals and how sprint, pro, you know, the product goal can decompose into sprinkles. We are not talking about big upfront planning and design. I do not recommend <laughs> taking a product vision and breaking it into thirty-seven product goals, and then breaking those thirty-seven product goals. Well, into how are you going to get it
0: into your Gantt chart, man? Exactly. So we're
1: not we're we're not going back to the Gantt chart days. The product goals still they're going to emerge and change and be yeah. different over time as we learn. The sprint goals, they're going to be different as, as our complex adaptive problems shift and change. So please don't misread into what we're saying as, well, we're back to being PMPs and the world is back right how it should be. It's no, we're not, <laughs> we're not doing that at all. In fact, I think the product goal gives us even some more flexibility in certain ways on how to inspect and adapt and learn and change. And
0: yeah, I, I think it
1: actually amplifies emergence, if anything else.
0: Yeah. I mean, to me, I guess I hadn't really thought about it in that Gantt chart way, but I can see where forgetting about the tool of creating a Gantt chart, um, that nesting of things as a thinking tool, as a way to look at it and say, okay, this is our vision. Let's break that down into some goals. What could we do that would serve these goals? And moving those things around and trying to find the best way of product and are trying to find the most I don't know maybe efficient isn't the right word but efficient way of organizing that stuff organizing those things in their backlog to achieve that thing that kind of makes sense and i yeah. can see where it would look it could be drawn up on a board to look like a gantt chart but the thing is it's like you said it's not a commitment it's just an idea at a moment
1: well and and, and hopefully that product owner is looking at it going yeah this might be the minimal but sufficient yeah. That we as a scrum team have to do to achieve this product goal. But you know what? After the next sprint, this could all get changed and, and we're just playing around. We're still just thinking a few sprints out. I'm not trying to plan years out. And uh, I, I hope they keep that mindset. We want to do the minimal but sufficient to deliver a high quality product that meets a need and nothing yeah. more than that. And this is what it could look like. This is my forecast. This is not my promise or commitment or estimate it's my forecast. Right. And guess what? After the next sprint the weather is going to have changed and we're going to show the new patterns and and as long as we're tightly working with our stakeholders and being very transparent in sprint review this is all still going to work out just fine.
0: Yeah. I don't know so does that make sense it am does, I, or it am does. I crazy? No no, it totally makes sense. I want to roll out jeans example and see if we can break it down into sprinkles maybe. Yeah. Or prodigals and then sprinkles. So I was struggling with this and I posted something on a message board that I'm part of. And Gene Jindel, who's a, a scrum coach or agile coach, sorry, in New York, yeah. um, posted a, a statement that I, I think it's his, but he posted it and it really resonated with me. This is explaining the difference between vision and goals. I'll give you an example of that. Having everyone well-fed, healthy, and happy in 50 years is the vision for humankind, and we can have incremental goals that we need to accomplish along the way to make our vision become a reality. And then to me, a goal might be to um, create a program to make sure every kid gets three meals a day. Yeah either through schools or whatever. And if that's, so if that's the, if that's a product goal. And again, we want one goal at a time. So we'd work on that and then move on to something else. There you we go. could come up with a list of goals that we believe when those things are done, will satisfy the vision.
1: Yeah. I, and I think we could go into sprint planning with that product goal and say, all right, what's the most important outcome or impact that we need to achieve to make progress towards this product goal. Yeah. And you start the discussion right there. Um I mean, and Gene's example is interesting, something that, that Todd and I like to talk about um, that, that we've started to think about. is just we, we go bigger. If our product vision is to save the planet, <laughs> right, a product goal could be make sure that everyone is well-fed, healthy, and, and cared for. Yeah. Right. So that could be a product goal, and maybe that fits in with the vision of saving the planet. Because if that's true, then people might be less destructive and less angry, and who knows what that leads to. Um, but then, yeah, the first sprint goal might be let's get all the kids fed in uh, on the East Coast. Yeah. And maybe that's too big. Maybe that's a good product goal too. Like I, and, and the way that you break these things down, it's really going to be product dependent, right? And yeah. so, but the point is, uh, people. Uh, the reason that Todd and I wrote fixing your scrum, I think one of the big reasons is people go down this very legalistic vision or viewpoint of scrum. Yeah. And I, we need people to avoid that, especially with product vision and, and product goals. All we're trying to do is give you this intermediary target to tie your work to so that you're not just reliant. on If I tell you, Dave, the, you're going to, I'm putting you on a team and your team's vision is to save the planet. <laughs>
0: Tell where me my vision.
1: The, where the hell do you start, <laughs> right? Yeah. But the product goal gives you that bigger ideal that you're after that's kind of that's still achievable that you can use empiricism to measure your, your progress against that gets you progress towards that product vision, right? That's yeah. the whole idea here.
0: I mean, I'm wondering if, if you had a wall, if we were all in a physical workspace again, you could almost do like a story mapping kind of thing for this.
1: Absolutely, I think and that, that, would that would be a, an, an amazing activity.
0: Visualize it and see. Yeah, that that to me makes it make a expletive ton more sense than it did before we started this conversation. <laughs> there, there you go. Wow. And I think I found my exercise too. This is really cool. I think you a story, map. Scrum. <laughs> well, Hey, another
1: happy customer, right? But <laughs> no, Dave, I think it's a good, we, I think we, we talked through this together. Cause as I yeah. think about your idea for the story map, if we put a product vision across the top and say, right. in a story map, all the product goals go next. Holy there's cow, the man. Yeah, there you go. There's, there's your spine. And I think you, that gives you roadmap that gives you
0: Damn. that gives you a, an amazing amount of things to, to really think about, right? <laughs> I'm stoked. This is cool. I was super lost, and now I feel like I've got a better handle on what to do. This is great.
1: I, I think I truly think awesome things happen when some PSTs and some CSTs, <laughs> when we just when we sit down and chat, I yeah. think awesome things happen.
0: This is great, man. Thank you. Oh, thank Valuable. you. I'm,
1: I'm, I think I'm gonna try out that uh, story mapping idea too.
0: Yeah. Well, then maybe what we, so why don't we both try it and we can check back in and see what we learned from it? We could do like a oh. follow up.
1: Oh, I'd love to. I think uh, I'm going to talk to Todd later today. Maybe we'll run it for our company and see what uh, cool. product goals we should have. And maybe I'll take a snapshot, ship it over to you, and we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. I'll try to do that as well. That's awesome. Thanks, man. You know, I, this, this is interesting. It,
1: I said something earlier. You kind of blew my mind a little bit. Can I, do we have yeah. a little time to tease something else? Of course. Apart? Yes. So I made a comment that I really like the new Scrum Guide and I kind of interpreted it and I might have judged <laughs> a little bit that you don't.
0: I have a lot and I'm the only one. So I am the no, only one. No, no, I, I no. There's a who, lot of people that don't. I have a massive amount of issues with the language that is used in mm. the new Scrum Guide. And, and I, I need to be very specific about how I'm approaching it. Yeah. I look at the Scrum guide and think about it from the perspective of me, the guy that I was when I first discovered Scrum. Right. Hardcore, I don't want to do anything agile, project manager. How would I take this and manipulate it towards a bad end? Or how would I misread it? So I look, there's certain things that I see. Like I see, well, now the product owner can work with two teams. I see the word accountable used 800% more than it was in the old scrum guide. And I think if I'm a scrum master and you tell me I'm accountable for performance, that is not a problem. I'm going to make them do what I need them to do. And (laughs) so it's all bad actor stuff. And it's that it just makes me nervous. It's like, I get what they're trying to do, but some of those things, they open doors that I'm just like, did you really need to do that?
1: You know, maybe the reason I'm so happy is that it's going to, almost definitely lead to a second edition of the book.
0: <laughs> I mean, people are going to find ways. Well, to... that's what I, this is what I always say. Like, as long as there's crappy agile, we all have work to do. Well, like, I, we're and, never going to be out of a job. And, and I share your concerns.
1: I, I really do that, that people will take a very legalistic view on a more ambiguous version of the scrum guide. Yeah. And, uh, I think we're just going to have to, through education and assistance, help people through that. Um, Oh, I have a great
0: example. I have a great example of something that is in there that I think I know why it's in there, but isn't explained very well. Um, There's a section in there about the daily scrum where it talks about the product owner and the scrum master reporting on what they're doing in the daily scrum if they're taking tasks. Okay. I I can't, I'm I'm trying to skim through it and find the exact word. Actually, I'm going to find it really quick. Give me a second and I'll edit this part out.
1: So if the product owner or scrum master are actively working on items in the sprint backlog, they go. participate as developers.
0: Yes. So, okay. So yep. let me tell you this story. So at the at last Agile conference, I went in early to do the podcast one morning and I saw Jeff and I walked up to him mm-hmm. and I said, Jeff, should the it doesn't say specifically that the scrum master has to be in the daily scrum. Does the scrum master have to go to the daily scrum? And Jeff said, well, at my company, they do the product owner, and the scrum master have to go to the daily scrum because they have to report on their tasks. And my head kind of dropped and I was like, all right, Jeff's really old. And I just started to walk away. <laughs> and he was like, come back here. And I came back and he said, because I want my product owner and my scrum master to put their work on the board so the rest of the team can see it. And I was like, damn, that is great. Like that's the transparency there, right? That that to me is a really important thing and not something that I had ever considered recommending before. That, that especially the PO makes what they're working on visible to the team. So the team has an awareness of the burden that they're carrying too.
1: Yeah. I I think it's an interesting practice. It's one that, um, I think that's the best possible interpretation of what they're after with this line.
0: Yeah. Right. And, but, but I would only, I only know that because I actually asked Jeff about it and if I didn't, I would just, interpret that as scrum master and product owner are now slash developers.
1: Well, and, and what, well, and, and so that's definitely an anti-pattern. Yeah. Right. Playing double duty is something that I, I still will advocate against, even with this version of the scrum guide. What, what I have found though, it's interesting that, that Jeff went down the, the product owner line. I would, I, I think, well, maybe it's just my background, but I would focus on that scrum master side. If I'm actively working on an impediment, absolutely, Has and it's to going important. to impact yep. the daily plan mm-hmm. during the that's being created during the daily scrum, I would need to speak up and and have a voice there, right? Yeah, and so I, I think that just to me that just makes sense. And yeah. if a product owner is getting answers from a stakeholder because a developer asked a super good question. Um, or maybe the, the product owner needed some feedback because he was going to talk to, or she was going to talk to the product, whatever's
0: going on. Well, maybe the product owner just needs to let the team know why they haven't been around for the last day. Perfect. You and know? if it
1: impacts the plan for that day and how they can mitigate that, yeah, I think those are all reasonable. Um, I, I So I agree with you in a sense that if that particular line is used to justify having the developers also play the role of product owner and scrum master then yeah. I, I then i then i will definitely have a second edition to fixing your scrum which <laughs> then there will be multiple pages dedicated to why that's a horrible idea
0: <laughs> in um, a section called don't be a dumbass
1: well i mean i <laughs> yeah i mean we, we're not going to be that blunt i and i'm not even sure it, it's one of those where it's i get why people do the things they do yeah Um, and I under, and and we try to have pressure that's
0: put on them to do them. And the fact that everybody still acts like we worked in the Ford factory back in the 1900s, but
1: well, I I'm an incredibly judgmental person. It's something that I have finally just come to terms with about myself and I, I have to work very hard. At trying to assume best intent. And I think I'm getting better at that as I get older. Good for you. And uh, it's mainly because I'm just lazy and I don't want to fight anymore. Um, <laughs> but, I, but it's one of those where when people do something odd or an anti-pattern, I try to ask them as many questions as possible about... It, in, in what world could this make sense? And, and why would someone that I, who I believe to be very smart and competent, why would they react this way to the scrum guide or two? And usually there's a really good reason behind yeah. it. There must but,
0: be something that's, right. that's causing them to behave that way.
1: And, and, so, the, and that's why we wrote the book. It wasn't because we were, were judging people. It's because we wanted to put something out there that basically says, look, we're going to admit that scrum can be difficult to implement. Mm-hmm. especially in weird environments and complex spaces. And, and here are some things you can do to try to make your life a little better. Yeah. And, and we hope that that helps. But yeah, I think lines like this are going to lead to the need for more guidance. But I think the line is correct. I, yeah, And I want to make sure I'm clear about that. I think the Scrum Guide is expressing something important. I hope people don't do bad things with it.
0: Yeah, you know? I think, and I think that that maybe it's, I'm just a little bit pessimistic there. Is that
1: <laughs> I, oh,
0: I'm with you. I, I get because it because I, I, that's how I, how I could have used it. Yep. Um, and that's what I'm always worried about because I'm honestly, what I'm trying to do is protect, you know, 25 year old me.
1: Yeah. From but I'll the, tell you from what, the though, stupid
0: stuff I did.
1: If someone's showing up and saying, look, this is what the scrum guide says. And so this is why we're doing this practice. I'm skeptical of that. Yeah, that should never be. That should never be your your key argument, right? It's it's not. um, There there should be a good reason that what you're about to do is going to give us the best possible chance of delivering an awesome product that brings value to the world that people love. Yeah, that's your justification. You're probably on a really good track.
0: I had a I had a class this week that. Um, usually I have people in class that say I want to know the right way to do this stuff. And I'm always like, there's no right way. (laughs) This week I had a class for this. We want to know why we're supposed to do this stuff. I was like, damn, that's awesome. (laughs)
1: That's a fun, that's a fun class, right? Yeah.
0: It was a great class. It was really cool.
1: Very inspiring. The other thing I wanted to point out um, there's one line in here that um, I always had trouble talking about the increment. Right. And, And I, This is, so maybe, maybe this is where the new scrum guide helped me. And that's why I have such a a warm, fuzzy feeling about it. Okay. Um, There's a line in here that fixed it for me. Okay. Right. And it's the moment a product backlog item meets the definition of done and increment is born. I I
0: think
1: think that is is such an, okay, go ahead. that is such an important sentence to me in the scrum guide, because now when someone says, no, Ryan, I don't understand what an increment is. I'm like, look, when you take this PBI that you have all refined and worked on and, and gotten to done, yeah. that's an increment. Congratulations. And and that's really taken, for some reason, that language clicked in my brain. It's clicked in a lot of students' brains and it's led to some really good things.
0: Yeah. I, I think that the definition of done is probably, I, I always say it's the second most important thing for you to do after you accept the certification, the first being make sure you have a vision statement. You don't have this bad things. You know, it's yeah. it's Go
1: interesting, ahead. Dave, because again, I think it's, it's kind of cool how, you know, different organizations, similar thoughts. People ask me where to start at, at the end of the class. Ryan, what should we do first? And my answer is get a definition of done. Yeah right get a definition of done in place and just watch how that that one thing Changes cascades yeah. through your whole org right
0: yeah well, so let me, let me ask you this about the increment cuz this is something yeah. and you, i don't know if you guys find this or not but i occasionally i will find that there's stuff that i have been teaching for like years that i'm like convinced is part of the doctrine of whatever and then i'm it's pointed out to me like dude that's not even mentioned um i have always taught and i don't know where i learned it that before something can be shown in the sprint review it has to meet the definition of done and the product owner has to accept it yeah and that that's the thing that unlocks your ability to show it in the sprint review and once the po accepts it then it is it is potentially releasable but i do make room for the fact that your definition of done may separate done and shippable that there might be stuff that has to happen outside the sprint if your company is set up that way Right. But how, what are your feelings about the PO accepting the work? Does that make it an increment? Is that some sort of you know gate for showing it in the sprint review, or can you can the PO see it in the sprint review for the first time?
1: So I the way that I've I've taught it um, is that if the PO is surprised by anything that she sees in the sprint review, something bad has happened. Okay. Right, and so I, I think um, it's a carry. Like PO acceptance is kind of a carryover from, I you know it, from my waterfall days, and I've tried to like eliminate that. Um, I think in a highly collaborative Scrum team, yeah, one where the product owner, the Scrum master, and the developers are all working together frequently, hopefully daily. Yeah. Um, what would acceptance actually look like? And I think it's a quick thumbs up on day four, when the first PBI is done. Like, I don't think it's this formal phase gated step anymore. Right. And so uh, that's how that's, uh, and that's the way that I, I tend to describe it now. And if we get to sprint review and the dev, I almost said dev team,
0: but the developers (laughs) are. uh, uh, I think you can still get away with that. It's only been a couple months.
1: So ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, even (laughs) a supposed experts still get the language wrong sometimes, but um. But if the developers are showing something and the PO is like, wait a minute, I don't know what that is. See, wow, and I, I a- think
0: maybe you hit the nail on the head. I have been that PO who a number of times has been standing there looking up and going, what the hell? <laughs> yep. And so, so that's I, like I think, nothing until I see it.
1: Well, so. and, and I think that's not a, that's not a bad policy. But if it's met the definition of done, I I can't imagine how a product backlog item would hit the would meet every piece of the definition of done without a product owner being involved somewhere.
0: I think it would that require, would shock me. For that to happen, it would require that the team was not really paying attention to the definition of done, or they didn't actually right. have one, or all you consider the definition of done to be is it meets the acceptance criteria. And they're maybe not really that great to begin with.
1: Well, and that's going to lead to an awesome uh, sprint retrospective where you have a lot of juicy things to talk about, right? Yes.
0: (laughs) And throw and throw. Yeah. We might break something in that one. We'll see. Well, this was a really great conversation, man. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you. I'm always happy to hop on and, and talk a little scrum. So agile for humans on YouTube Agile and for any or, podcast thing anywhere.
1: Yeah, so if you're on, uh, if you got Apple, like the Apple podcast, Spotify, Google, I think we're everywhere now. Stitcher, um, all that stuff. Stitcher, yeah, we're all, all of the places. Um, okay. Agile for Humans is the the podcast feed, and uh, and the book they can get on Amazon. Yeah, fixing your Scrum is on Amazon. It's uh, people seem to like it. It's uh, I think it's great.
0: A, I recommend it in
1: every class. Oh, I appreciate that. I really do.
0: Um, what if they want to track you down?
1: Uh, you know what? If they want to find me uh, at Ryan Ripley on Twitter, okay. um, Ryan at agileforhumans.com is the email. Um, I'd give my cell phone, but I don't want the spam calls. But, yeah, don't uh, give
0: your cell phone. That'd be Twitter
1: weird. or email is going to be the easiest way.
0: And uh, we'll, we'll take it up from there. Cool. Thanks, man. And your classes. That's where they can find about your classes, too. Yeah, right? absolutely. To Anyone
1: that. interested in the, the Scrum.org courses that Todd and I teach, uh, agileforhumans.com is the place to go. Cool. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate oh, this you.
0: a lot, and I can't wait yeah. to come back and talk about how our experiment goes. I'm looking forward to it, man.
1: If you learn to work the old way, but the new way what you need.
0: My jobs to make that switch from old to new.